welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where we've read about a girl and her psychic connection to dolphins so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read A Ring of Endless Light by Madeline Langle. Joining us to discuss this 1981 Newbery Honor winner is YA author and fantasy dolphin apologist Annie Cardi. Hello, Annie. Yay, thanks for having me. Yeah, welcome back. Thanks. Uh, it's good to be talking about a book that has a lot of stuff in it, but is not total garbage. No, yeah. and and thank you for that segue into introducing the concept of flashback summer. In case, uh, <laughs> in case listeners are new around here, or if you were just like, are you saying that the psychic dolphins are <laughs> worst? Because no, I'm not. I would never. <laughs> flashback summer is, of course, the time when we gives ourselves. A little break from reading such bad books and just try to like revisit some childhood favorites and so these books tend to be much more about just nostalgia and maybe sometimes pointing out how how buck wild these books are but we are certainly not implying that this or any other flashback summer book is bad yeah However, it does have a lot of content warnings. It does have a lot of content warnings. Before we get to them, I do also want to say, I feel like, I can't remember if we did Flashback Summer this way last year as well, Um, but kind of in the past, we've picked books. Last summer was Summer of Babysitter's Club. Right. Last night was Babysitter's Club. Traditionally for Flashback Summer, we generally like picked books that we were sort of familiar with to revisit. And this summer we've been reaching out to friends of the podcast and asking them to come on for a flashback summer episode and to choose a book that was important to them as a child that we might not necessarily be familiar with. Uh, Renata, I think, had actually already read this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, big <laughs> Uh I had not. Yes. And, and beyond beyond that, the concept originally was books that we both had enjoyed as children. It was also more series-based uh, you know, your babysitters clubs, your goosebumps, etc. And we have we sort of burned through all the series that we are familiar with. So And this is technically part of a series. Technically part of a series, which we'll get into it. I did not really realize that as a kid. Like there's still Austin Family Chronicles books I never read because I didn't know about them. Cause we didn't have the internet. <laughs> anyway, back to the content warnings for this book. Oh yeah. A lot of them, a lot of them. Death by suicide, death by cancer, death of a child by unknown, perhaps cancer causes, death of a dolphin by miscarriage, uh, and some what we're calling creepy age power dynamics because this book was written in 1981 and and there's like adult boys dating girls, girl, like they're anyway, it's like at the time I feel like it was okay, but now it's like not okay. The protagonist is 15, almost 16, as she says over and over again, but really like almost six months away from 16. Yeah. Yes. And her love interests are like 20, 18 or 19, and 17 or 18. Yeah, that, yeah. that's way too much. And one of those things that I definitely did not notice as a young reader. Definitely yeah. probably wouldn't have even bothered me as a young reader, even if. I did like notice the difference. I probably would have like kind of shrugged it off when I was on the, you know, the Vicky side of it, the younger side of it. I would have been like, oh, well, you know, she's just that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like, oh, like 
she, yeah, like I would have, or like in the babysitters club, even we've talked about how like Stacy is like 13 and dating like high school boys. And in retrospect, what the hell? And at the time, we're just like, Stacy's so cool. Of course, the high school boys like her. She's from New York. Yes. (laughs) And Vicky lived in New York for a year. So, same thing. But so this book, Madeline Langle, I think, is best known for uh, The Wrinkle in Time, which I also fucking loved as a kid. And then Wrinkle in Time also is a little series with some books that get sort of increasingly buck wild. And because and it started off pretty buck wild. Like I mentioned, as a kid, I didn't have internet and I was just so at the whims of like what was sort of on the shelf at the library or what I saw in the bookstore. And so I read I read um, A Wrinkle in Time, and then I, f- I want to say, like, years later, I was like, there's more of these? What? <laughs> and then th- this book is from, like, the Austin family chronicles about uh, the main character is Vicki Austin, and her family is the Austins. And there's, like, five of these, and I somehow read the last one first. I actually think I got it in, like, a Scholastic book order and didn't realize it was a series. And that one's called Troubling a Star, and she goes to Antarctica in it, and I was like, fucking sick. I want to go to Antarctica. <laughs> Who is this girl? I don't care. She's in Antarctica. And then I and then I want to say, this one I saw at the library, and I was like, oh my god, she went to Antarctica, and she gets to swim with the dolphin? <laughs> this girl has it all. <laughs> And I never even was aware of the three previous books in it, which just from reading the summaries, they don't sound as exciting because there's no no dolphins and there's no Antarctica. So, yeah, I don't know if you guys, if your versions came with a foreword written by Madeline Madeline Langle's granddaughters. Yes. No, I I have a a note from the author, which is just like, oh, hey, guys, I read a book. Um. (laughs) (laughs) This. This note from the granddaughters is basically them being like, we, when we were kids, like, we loved to hear, like, we'd ask our grandmother all the time, like, what characters does she relate to the most? Like, who is she in the different books? But, like, also, we never really realized there was intense tension in our family because she was just stealing things that happened to oh. our family for oh the, the Austins. And it upset. And psychics in her family. <laughs> It upset our parents and our, like, aunts and uncles for a long time. (laughs) And I guess, like, the first book in the – I haven't read any of these, but it seems like the first one is not, like, sci-fi at all. It is just – it's kind of slice of life, uh, just stories about the family. Yeah. And that, like, every single one of those stories is stolen from something that actually happened to – Oh, my God. Yeah. So that was just interesting, an interesting tidbit, an interesting way to start off listening to – this audiobook the other day. That's bonkers. Because yeah, I, I, I've read oh yeah, all Annie, of them. I was going to ask. Yeah. Okay. So you read all of these when you were a kid. Yeah. And I, I read The Young Unicorns first, which is the middle book, because literally because I liked the name and I just got it out of the library or something. And I had no idea it was part of the series. Were there literal unicorns in it? Sadly, no. I was Ugh. really hoping there were. Um, yeah. But there's like, kind of fantasy elements and it's been like years and years since I've read it but I think it's more like science that they think like they think it's fantasy but it turns out to be sciencey stuff so I think she goes harder into fantasy the farther you go whereas so I read that one first and then I read Ring of Endless Light and then I read um the 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 Antarctica one 
And then I went back to read the the first two, which are just like real normal. And the second one is fine. But the first one is just I was like, Oh, this is it feels more like that. Like, Oh, these are things that happened to my family. So it's crazy to hear that. That's what it was. Um, but yeah, it was, I will say, like, I really enjoyed this. Um, obviously, like, going into it, I knew that this was a book that both of you had enjoyed and that other folks I know had read and enjoyed. I I read A Wrinkle in Time as a youth and never further pursued any of her books. I liked it well enough, but, like, not enough to pick up when I saw, like, how many others there were in the series when I went to the library. I was like, hmm, mm, no. <laughs> And so this is really only the second book. And, you know, it was more of one of like, it was, there were so many more in the series than I expected. And also like the covers didn't grab me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you're in the library and you're surrounded by so many books, it's like, I don't want to read these. I'll go take out like six Nancy Drews and, you know, this new book that just came out that's like super thick and filled with ghost stories Mm -hmm. and call it a day. If you're me, at least. Um. <laughs> and like, I mean, you you two would know more than I would, but I like as a, as like a young reader, I just like went and grabbed whatever looked good. It was like it could be the middle of a series, it could be a standalone, it could be like whatever, and it was just like, oh, that title looks nice, or the the cover is good. And like, yeah. I don't know if if that's less of a thing now because kids have the internet and they can see like, oh, here's how they all connect and this new book is coming out. Whereas I was just like, I'm going to grab stuff and this seems fun. I think maybe like I do get some kids in the library who come in and they know what they want and they, you know, they're like, I need book, you know, three and four of this series. And then I have some other kids who they come in and they're like, oh, I liked this series i'm like did you know a new one is out and they're like no what and they're shocked but then i feel like that's that's only the sample size of kids who will interact with the librarian because like when i was a kid i would never ask i would just sort of like i don't know it's very weird that i'm a librarian because as a kid i was like so reluctant to ever talk to a librarian i was just like this is my business (laughs) i mean as a kid excuse me please as a kid i was reluctant to talk to anyone yeah. yeah, but I was more. I would get like kind of if I picked up a book because I would like just like go through and if like the cover of a book was like interesting mm-hmm. to me, I would grab it. But if I looked and I I saw that it was part of a series, usually I would start with the first one because I was afraid I would be confused or I'd miss something. Yeah. Um. But you know that was just like as a matter of like I'd pick it up and I'd look at it and I'd turn to like the beginning and. Or I'd read the back of it. And if it said, like, you know, after, you know, her, like, crazy year in New York, Vicky Austin, I'm like, oh, I, from context clues, this is not the first book. (laughs) (laughs) See, I mean, when I think of books like Babysitter's Club, like, those had a number on the spine, or they were numbered, like, Babysitter's Club number one, Christy's great idea. Uh, This one... It, it it's not like Austin family number four. Like, yeah, it does yeah. talk about Vicky's summer. But to me, I was just like, she had a life before the book I'm, started. I don't need, you know, yeah. I don't know. Interestingly, those books like Babysitter's Club, Boxcar Children, Nancy Drew, those ones I did not need to read mm-hmm. in order because they were so formulaic. Mm-hmm. I would just grab a handful of ones I hadn't read before. But like, not, I mean, obviously, if it's in a series, it's not a standalone novel, but like, books novels that were in in our library we had like a series section 
mm-hmm. for like mm-hmm. ba- Babysitter's Club and Goosebumps and Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys and all of those. And then we had like the regular fiction shelves. And if it was in the regular fiction shelves and it was part of a series, um, I would I had to read them in order. <sighs> but enough about our serious reading habits. Let's talk about <laughs> this one. Because also when Annie proposed this book, I was like, oh my god, yes. I love that book about the girl who could psychically communicate with dolphins. And in my memory of this book, and I definitely read it multiple times, but in my memory of it, that's what this was. It was just like a girl and her dolphins. And this book actually has like a love... I don't even know what shape it is. It's like... it's. I want to say square, but they're all... It's like three boys and Vicky. Like she has three male love interests who are all age inappropriate for her. And it's largely a book about that. It's largely a book about like her grief about her beloved grandfather's terminal illness. I didn't remember any of that. Like none of that left an impression on me. For me, dolphins only. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is deeply a book about death. You know, this is about like the their, her family is staying with her grandfather for the summer for longer than usual because he's dying. The book opens with the funeral of like a beloved uh, figure from the island where her grandfather lives, whose like sons they were friendly with, and we later find out that 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 funeral like he he had a heart attack and the heart attack was caused by him saving another character who's trying to commit suicide who still has a death wish (laughs) like oh because his mom died recently yeah it is like deeply a book about death which i (laughs) wasn't prepared for it was interesting to read at this time in my life yeah this season of my You know, speaking of season, Madeline Lengel is like a deeply Christian author. Yeah. In a way that I, because I wasn't Christian, I didn't pick up on a lot of it unless it was like very obvious. Like grandfather will like literally read them from the Bible. But like all of her books have these like very Christian sort of like monologues in them. But they're written in a way that like, honestly, I think like really... Even if I didn't, like, consciously remember this when I was, like, reading the stuff that, like, grandfather would say and remembering other books of hers, like, I do feel like Madeline Lengel was, like, I don't know, 10% responsible for my, like, emotional, spiritual development as a kid. I feel like her, like, reading her books, and I mean, I, like, grew up Catholic, so, like, you know, I Mm. knew more Christian-y stuff. But I feel like her overall approach feels more like divinity school to me and like people who are into spirituality and religion, but also not giant dicks about it. Um, Yeah. And more inclusive than I think I would have expected. Yes. Yeah, I did appreciate that because even though like there is like a lot of Christianity in this book, it is from a perspective of like... Of they're not evangelical about it. And I don't mean that mm-hmm. in an evangelical Christianity, like, you know, sect like, way, but they're mm-hmm. not like other people around them are not religious and they're fine with that. Mm-hmm. You like, know, at gr- one- like grandfather's literally a preacher, but he's not preachy about it yeah. somehow. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're they very willing to talk about like their own moral failings. And, you know, at one point someone asks Vicky, like, do you believe in God? And she's like, I honestly don't know. Like, I feel like I probably do because whenever I'm upset or like something takes me by surprise, I immediately think to pray about it, which 
if I really didn't believe probably wouldn't be true. But like, who knows, really, like, it's a lot more. Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head, Annie. It's much more, much more about the spirituality mm-hmm. than like the rule of law of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Which I, I did think, appreciate. Like, yeah. And I think like weirdly as a young reader, I did like that. Like obviously seeing like a dolphin jumping out of the ocean on the cover, like grabbed me. But I I really liked as a young reader this very like kind of light touch but supportive approach to spirituality and understanding the universe. And like especially in the face of trauma, um, which again, this book has a lot of it. So I think that was something I, I liked that it was grappling with how to navigate the world um, which has so many awful things and how to have hope and joy in spite of that and in addition to that without it being just a like a morality tale or something that again like is very evangelizing um I like that it lets it be complicated and again supportive yes yeah let's dig into the book a little bit like I I said at the a couple minutes ago, you know, the book starts with a funeral. It's the funeral for Commander Rodney, who worked at the Coast Guard Center on Seven Seven Bay Island. Mm-hmm. Okay, excellent, thank you. Seven Bay Island, and the because the Austins come to the island every summer because their grandfather lives here. They are familiar with him as they are with most of the people who live on the island and most of the regular summer folks, and they're very upset about this. And Vicky notices while they're at this funeral, there's a boy there she's never seen before. And he's standing with her brother. So she kind of assumes he probably works at the marine biology station where her brother has an internship for the summer. By the way, we should, the Austins are a large family. She has, this is her older brother, John, who Mm -hmm. I think is 19. And then Vicky yeah. is 15 and a half. And then her younger sister is Susie, who is 13 and hot. Everyone's like, wow, what a hot 13 year old. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't love this. And but also, like, yeah, but also she's smart. So like, she's a hot 13 year old, but she's got brains too. Yes. Let's not forget. And then the younger brother, Rob, I, I couldn't find an age for him. Seven. I, seven. Okay. Like they, yeah, he's much younger than the others and that's and you've now met the austins without reading the book meet the austins yes um so they're they're at this funeral and vicky feels very strongly um she knows that commander rodney had a heart attack after pulling some rich kid out of a capsized sailboat um trying to rescue him during a storm and she blames this rich kid for his death and then after the funeral, their family goes to the Rodney household to, you know, help out and go to the repast. And uh, while there, she's helping out by pouring drinks and she gets to talking to the stranger from the funeral, whose name is Adam. And she was correct. He works with her brother and she finds out that he uh, is doing an experiment with dolphins. He's studying dolphins for the summer and she fucking loves dolphins and she's and who stoked. doesn't? Oh my gosh. <laughs> a while, like somewhat recently, there was a Twitter discourse that was like, hey, in the 90s, why did everyone want to be a marine biologist? And then there was like a, a semi-viral tweet that was like just a, a response to that with a picture of a Lisa Frank dolphin. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I mean, that, and because I 
did too. And um, Lisa Frank dolphins, and then just those those folders that were like semi psychedelic, like dolphins and like the moon. And it wasn't Lisa yeah. Frank; it was somebody yeah. else. Yep, those. And then just I, I like I feel like this is so self explanatory. Like dof- dolphins are so beautiful, and they're always smiling, and they do like flips. I just love a dolphin, and I know this is counter to my general fear of the ocean, and that, right. and but that's that's how cool dolphins are. Though. That's how cool dolphins are. Yeah, and like when I was a kid, we went to Shedd Aquarium in Chicago, which has oh. like they have a dolphin. They have like a you know environmentally sound dolphin show where they don't do all the Sea World stuff, but you can still see the dolphins. <sighs> I know one fact about dolphins um, that I just learned earlier this year when we were at the Whale Museum in Iceland, and it actually is mentioned in this book, and my roommate and I are obsessed with it. We were listening to the audio tour, and in the audio tour, there was this quote when they were talking about dolphins that were like, dolphins evolved when their ancestor, who was a relation to the hippo, walked back into the sea. (laughs) That's what I want to do. Like, exactly. the last several years, I'm like, just just send my hippo self back into the sea. Yeah. Yes. Like, I, I understand this. And it doesn't make me feel closer to dolphins because yeah. I, too, wish to return to the sea <laughs> so I don't have to deal with this shit on land. Yeah. 100%. They're so smart. God, the, the other day, I was, well, I was talking to my coworker about this book, and then we were talking about school shootings, and I was just like, ugh, like, you know who doesn't have school shootings? And she was like, every other country, and I was like, yes, <laughs> yeah, but also dolphins. <laughs> I um, was going to say dolphins. <laughs> I do. So I am a super, again, fantasy dolphin apologist, but I do want to emphasize that dolphins are, can also be giant assholes um but they don't have guns annie i know right they don't and like (laughs) like i i feel like certainly they're better than we are in a scale like 100 percent. and they're smart and they know it um but it was one of those things that i found out and i was like oh the 90s lied to me Um, (laughs) certainly was not the first time but I mean, I kind of like as as an asshole. I whenever I learn that someone is like secretly a little <laughs> bit of an asshole, I do like them better. Yeah. <laughs> so I maybe like dolphins better, knowing they're kind of assholes. I feel like Kate. Now I need to see you like high fiving a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> just well, like we're gonna just, have to get a sh- we're gonna have to get a shed aquarium for yeah. that because the New England aquarium doesn't have dolphins, and that is why I'm so skeptical of their claim to be a premier aquarium because they don't have any fucking dolphins. <sighs> and guys, let's yeah. quit being podcasters and go. Is it too late yeah, to become marine right. biologists? <laughs> <laughs> I actually, so I know I have a friend who's a marine biologist, but he studies like kelp. Which uh, is very important in marine life and like, you know, it's an ecosystem and whatever. But if you told me like, oh, no, that's marine biology, like you dive in the water for a while and like look at underwater plants, I'd be like, "Mm, I don't even like above ground plants. (laughs) So if it's not going to be a dolphin that I can magically be friends with, no, thank you. When I was <laughs> when I was in the Peace Corps, I befriended some like researcher who wasn't a Peace Corps volunteer, but they were there to do like a marine biology dolphin counting project, and I got to go out in her boat, and I was like, "This fucking rules!" But also, I was 
I didn't ask, but it seemed as though her project didn't involve zero psychic communication with the dolphins. So, so like, was she even really a scientist? I don't right. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Any, anyway, yeah. we'll we'll close the door for the moment on dolphin chat. But I'm prepared to return to it at, at any moment. I, I am sure we will reach that point. <laughs> um, but so Adam, Adam, she finds out Adam has a special dolphin project, and he invites her to come uh, check it out at the lab. And after uh, everyone goes home and the Austins get ready to go home, when they get to their grandfather's house, they see Zachary is waiting for them. And Zachary is a boy that Vicky met the summer before who, without having read this book, it appears stalked her and her family across the country while they were on a cross-country road slash camping trip. You got some... some some real uh, Edward Cullen vibes here. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone in the family like kind of hates him, but Vicky thinks that he's exciting. He's very rich. He is much older than her. She is at this point Wait, 15. No, but Kate, stop talking about Edward Cullen. <laughs> Talk about Zachary. <laughs> Wait, he has dark hair and is pale. Um... <laughs> Uh, and she is 15 and last summer when he was 19 and she was 14 they like hooked up well they kissed at least once god but then he never wrote her or called her or talked to her at all over the course of the school year so she was pissed um but he showed up on the island looking for her and they say well we've just come from a funeral and he gets kind of like okay bye and leaves uh, kind of abruptly promising that he'll call later to see Vicky. Um, and I think it's at this point that we find out that the reason that they are on the island for so long this summer is because, as we previously mentioned, their grandfather has cancer and he's dying. And uh, the family does not expect him to live out the rest of the summer. And they promise that they would stay with him for as long as he has left. Uh, and everyone is quite bummed about it. At this point early in the book, like, Grandpa still got most of his faculties about him, and he can participate in all of the, like, Stepfordish family things that they do together. Like, they all... They, they are a wholesome-ass family, yeah. and they, like, eat their meals together, and they, like, read together at night, and they sing together just for fun. It's and like on traps. Yes. They are not relatable, but... Their uh, proximity to dolphins is aspirational. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. This book, despite having like a bonkers plot, a lot of it is not really plot. It's just sort of like household, like vibing with the Austins and their wholesome life. This this Uh, kind of has coastal grandma vibes, um, (laughs) but with more trauma and dolphins. Yes. Yes. And more questionable love interests. Yeah. 100%. But so after some more like time with the Austins, then the next day, um, Zachary takes Vicky on a horseback riding date and they talk about how 
Because before he, like, after he leaves, all the family is like, uh, it's his fault Commander Rodney died. And Vicky's like, you don't know that. You don't know he was the one that Commander Rodney saved. And then Zach's like, so I was the one Commander Rodney saved. And <laughs> it's my fault he's dead. And I'm really sorry, but I was just, I was just casually trying to kill myself. And I didn't think anyone would come after me. And I didn't really think about it. And she's like, you what? And he's like, yeah, I just was, like, really tired of living. Like, whatever. Because he's, like, he's a moody bad boy. And they, you know, they- um, his mother had also just died. And then there's like this whole debate about cryogenics or yes. uh, cryonics, they call it. Yes. Where like her mother, his mother is, has been like frozen because they're rich and they all believe that all illness will be cured one day and that she'll be able to be resurrected. <laughs> uh-huh. It's not happening yeah, and- soon, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Yeah, and the Austins are like tapping their cross necklaces, being like, "We believe in a different resurrection." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Leo, who is the the other outside of Adam and Zachary, Leo is the other boy who is in love with Vicky. And previous to this summer, like she's kind of not even really thought of him as a friend. He's been more of an annoying acquaintance. Um, he's a couple years older than her. But, you know, he's very tragic. That now. doesn't he's, stop her. That doesn't, <laughs> really doesn't stop her. He, he's, you know, got some tragic backstory now because his father has just died. And uh, before she goes out with Zachary, she and Leo go on a walk where they get like very real and emotional about the idea of death and responsibility. And they like cry all over each other. And it's like a deeply intimate moment that gives her a moment of thinking like, do I like Leo? <laughs> And the answer is no. <laughs> she does not. She very quickly realizes that she yeah. likes him as a friend, but is not interested in dating him. But no matter how many times she says that to him, he still seems to think that if he does the right thing, it will he, convince her to be in love with him. He has a real nice guy energy. Big yes. time. Yes. She is very clear to him. And, and there's a point where... Um, her sister yells at her and is like, ah, oh, like you're leading Leo on. It's like, she's kind of doing the opposite where Leo keeps saying like, is there anything I can do to make you be my girlfriend? And she keeps saying, not really. And he's like, okay, I'm going to keep trying. Like she's pretty clear with him that she is not feeling any romantic vibes from him I think at, at one, all. At one point he's like, oh, I'm, he like insinuates that he's going to propose to her at some point. And yes. I'm like, kid, you're not dating. Back up. Yeah, yeah. He's I I do feel bad for him. He is like not, but he's not the most the worst of her love interests. Yeah. <laughs> but like he does need to back the hell off. You're gonna go to college next year, kid, and you're gonna meet lots of hot girls in New York. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Leo, because his father has died, he has two younger siblings, and he's like, I'm the man of the house, and they don't have a lot of money, unlike Zach, so it's a whole thing. You can imagine. Yeah. And then after that date, and also, like, Leo's family, in addition to their late father being in the Coast Guard, they own, like, it's, I don't think it's exactly a ferry, but it's a boat that functions like a ferry. Mm-hmm. It's like a charter, yeah. So if you don't want to take the ferry, you can hire them and they'll take you wherever you want to go on your own schedule. Yes. So he is running that. And then Zach keeps like paying Leo to take him on his dates with Vicky, which is like, it's a lot. It's a lot for Leo. 
Uh, anyway, after Vicky comes back from this date with Zach, she goes and talks to her grandfather and is like, oh, Zach, she recaps the date and grandfather gives her some wise advice and then reads her the poem that the Ring of Endless Light comes from. I highlighted it, but now I can't find that highlight. So like, whatever, man, it's a poem. <laughs> Yeah, there there are some poems in this book. If you like poems, you'll you'll like it. Yeah, it's the world by Henry Vaughn. Great job. Yes. Okay. So then, there's a lot of just like boys coming over to have conversations. Leo comes over and is like, "Oh, the Zach came over to apologize," and like kind of recaps again Zach's whole situation, and they talk about it again, and then, and then we get to the most important part there of the we book. Go. The dolphins come back. The, the dolphins. Fuck yeah. Um, so Adam comes over to eat dinner with the Austins and mentions his dolphin project. And immediately Susie, the younger sister, is like, oh my god, I love dolphins. I want to come see them. And so, you know, Rob, the baby, is also like, I want to come see them too. And Vicky, for a moment, fe- remind- reminds herself that she is plain and boring yeah. and not as cool and smart as her siblings. And... Then Adam is like, oh, no, Vicky's actually I was going to invite Vicky to come over tomorrow because like only one person should really be there at a time. And I promised Vicky first. Uh, so Adam invites Vicky, um, introduces Vicky, <laughs> Adam introduces Vicky to all of the dolphins that are at the marine biologist lab. I don't remember any of their names. Enid. Oh yeah. Yeah. Enid is, is a pregnant dolphin, and then Basil is like, or did in the audiobook did they say Basil? Basil. Basil. Yeah. There's at the, the lab, there's Enid, and then there's these two other dolphins who are there with her in like the pens temporarily. And then Adam's like, uh, and I wanna take you out into the water to see some other dolphins if that's okay. And she's kind of like hesitant, but she goes. And that's when she meets Basil, the psychic dolphin, who can communicate with Adam and communicates with Vicky immediately. Well, okay, I think you'll find that all dolphins are psychic. Yes. Uh, But but Basil's like pair bonded with. Yes. (laughs) Because Enid is psychically bonded with Jeb, who's a supervisor. Yes. It's like imprinting, but with dolphins. Yes. Yes. Basil is like basically imprinted with Adam. And then like they do a bunch of like tricks and stuff with Basil. And Vicky realizes that she's not afraid because. Because she's receiving like psychic messages from Basil that they're friends. Yes. Vicky is like Bella in that like how Bella has the sweetest bud and every vampire wants her. Like yep. Vicky has the sweetest brain and all the dolphins want to be friends with her. Yes. And that is so <laughs> aspirational. I would definitely take that over vampires wanting oh to my God. Like, attack me. I want to make a Venn diagram of where A Ring of Endless Light and the Twilight series overlap so bad right now. <laughs> it is almost exactly a circle. <laughs> Oh, because Leo um, is like that random guy who's just a human who loves Leo Bella is Mike, Mike Newton. Yes. 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 
Uh, Seven Bay Island is is both Forks, but also Isle Esme. Yeah. And I will I will say this: I don't think Zachary is Edward. I think Zachary is Jacob, who does dangerous things with her. Mm, yeah, and Adam, who wants to deny himself. Yeah, because he thinks that it's a bad idea. Would be Edward. That is yeah. true, and she Bella did know Jacob before. Like true, the knows, yes. Um. Zachary before. Man, it really is almost a circle. <laughs> We've cracked it. <laughs> Dolphins are gonna play baseball. Oh my gosh. Well, and you know the vampires because the vampires can swim because they don't need to breathe. And so there's that one where they're like in eclipse, they're just like walking at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of hippos, it was just vampires that walked, <laughs> walked into the ocean i am dolphins i am loving this i'm feeling this is like a galaxy brain moment my friends <laughs> my mind is so open it's reaching dolphins <laughs> <laughs> they're just swimming right in <laughs> hey but back in the book um <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, while Vicky was out gallivanting with the dolphins, grandfather had to go to the hospital for a blood transfusion because he's a vampire. No, <laughs> because he has leukemia. And Vicky is like, ah. And then she has, she goes to the hospital to give blood and Leo's to take her because the hospital's on the mainland. So you have to go by boat. And he has a boat. So they yes. do that. This is important because there's like 17 more trips to the hospital yeah. and they have to establish that you have to go by boat. Yes. Um, and um, Leo's mother, the Commander Rodney's widow, Mrs. Rodney, um, she used to be a nurse and she's thinking of getting back into nursing now that her husband's dead. So she um, volunteers to come and does she volunteer? Or is she actually getting paid? Doesn't matter. She, she, she volunteers because she, they offer to pay and she says like, no, I want to do this for free. Like as a yeah. service to you. Cause I love your family. Yes. Um, so she starts nursing for grandfather um, and starts coming over every day to help out with him. But Vicky still spends an hour reading with him every morning after breakfast. Yeah. Oh, because another thing, by the way, is that Vicky had been offered a job babysitting, and then even without being a member of the club, they're like, "You could babysit." <laughs> but then her parents—I mean, this is in Fire Island, so yeah. like, there are no yeah. other babysitters here. Yeah, they're all at um the what is it Seaside, Seaside Heights. Yeah, yeah, that's where the babysitters are. Anyway, um, Vicky turned down the babysitter job because her parents said like you're the oldest we need you to help around the house and like not help with these other kids even though that would be for money and so that is something that she sort of resents but then she's like but actually i love my grandpa yeah so she goes on a date with zachary to the country club and he like she seems to kind of hate being in his presence Mm -hmm. um because he like drives really fast and she's always yelling at him to slow down like like edward cullen (laughs) (laughs) and um so he, he takes her to this country club and like keeps like trying to pressure her to like drink and like 
And this to me is the weirdest part of the whole thing is he's like, let's go to the country club, bring your swimsuit. And then she's like, let's go swimming. And he's like, I can't go swimming because I'm still recovering from nearly drowning, which fair. But then it's like, he's like, I'll just like enjoy watching you. And it's so so creepy. Like, why would you say it like that, Zach? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's not great. And then so she does that like in the morning and then like in the evening, she goes out with Leo um, and they go on a date, but Leo, like, she won't let Leo kiss her, even though she let Zach kiss her. Uh, and he Cause, kind cause of... Because she's not attracted to Leo, and she doesn't owe him anything. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, like, that's kind of where that is. And then the next morning, she finds out that Enid, the pregnant baby, uh, did not her the, the pregnant dolphin's baby died yes, yes not the pregnant baby that would be wild yes. <laughs> um, and, and that's like a really really sad scene um, yeah I feel like that's like you know there's a lot of again like trauma stuff in here and it's but a lot of them are kind of off screen and this is one of the the two I think that are really on screen um, and it's just like oh this is real sad stuff yeah. And and she kind of knows it before it's confirmed because of her psychic dolphin mm. abilities. Yes. So as we were joking earlier that uh the doctor in charge, Adam's supervisor, had pair bonded with Enid. Um, she's like not eating, and he's like getting really upset and hysterical to try and get her to eat. And, like, when she, like, seems to, like, come to terms with the fact that her baby's dead, she starts, like, beating her body against the wall. And he jumps into the tank to try to wrestle her away and stop her from hurting herself. And it's only, like, and he's hysterical and the dolphin's upset and Adam and Vicky are upset. And, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Adam comes home. She comes to dinner, I guess. But yeah. somehow he's at the the house with her and they go on a walk after dinner and they have like a really deep existential talk about like death and life and the world. And, you know, like she thinks he's going to kiss her, but he doesn't. He just like puts his arms around her and they like sit there like that and have like this really philosophical talk. And she's like, dang, like, I think I like him a lot in a way that I hadn't realized mm-hmm. maybe more than I like Zachary. Yeah. And Adam like expresses interest in her poetry. Cause PS Vicky is yeah. a poet and she is like processing her feelings through her poetry. Yes. It's nice. Teenage girls just want someone to take their poetry seriously and a dolphin to psychically communicate oh, with them. Oh my God. That's the dream. Is that so much? But Zach is like, let me take you up flying. He's like, hang on tight, spider monkey. I'm taking private <laughs> flying lessons. <laughs> and they go up in a plane and it's cool, but she explicitly thinks that it's not as cool as swimming with a dolphin. Mm-hmm. She's right. And he asks the, because at this point he's taking lessons, so he's not doing the flying. Um, the instructor is doing the flying and the instructor who is like with them does a bunch of stunt moves 
And it's clear that he like asked the instructor to do this to try to rile Vicky up. But because she's still like so free from her moment of psychically communicating with dolphins, um, she doesn't flinch or like get upset at the stunt moves. And the pilot is like really impressed with her. Mm-hmm. She also she writes a poem about Enid and her dead baby that she intends to give to that she intends to give to Jeb and she's going to show it to Adam because he's like called her to come meet him. But like he's not acting the way he normally does when she gets there. He's very like brisk and businesslike and asks her like, how did you communicate with the dolphins the other day? And she was like, I don't know, I just like sort of knew and kind of like encourages her to say like, I know this sounds crazy, but I think the dolphins are psychic and I have a connection with them. And he's like, yeah, okay, I thought that too. (laughs) But I wanted to make sure you were also thinking it before I said it out loud. But then he is also like, yeah, I wanted you because I needed a child because yeah. children are more psychically attuned because they're they're just little guys and their brains aren't like fully <laughs> developed yet. Unlike my big, huge, like 18 year old brain. And then she's like, I'm not a child. Meh. I'm almost 16. And he's like, LOL. And yeah. I, the reader, I, the adult woman reader, am like, LOL. Even though as a child, I was like, yeah, she's almost 16. <laughs> yeah, he he starts being like very businesslike with her and like all the intimacy from the other night is gone. And he like mentions, he pushes the fact that she's a child several times and that like, oh, like you're John's little sister. And she's very put out by the fact that, like, he seems to be certain suddenly acting like this is a business relationship only. Um, and she's bummed about it and does not show him the poem. Yeah. Okay. Then there's like some more family stuff with the Austins, uh, another trip to the hospital. And then who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Then we're back with the dolphins. <laughs> there you go. And. Because she's, she's, oh, I think at this previous time when Adam was, like, dismissive, first, though, there were more dolphins, like, Basil, ba- Basil? No. How how do you? Basil. What? Basil. I just communicate in my brain with him, so I don't need to say it out loud. <laughs> That's right. And he, he doesn't have, like, the same language as we do. Exactly. It's very visual. Exactly. Um, I just see a margarita pizza, and I'm like, That's my boy. <laughs> Dolphins love pizza. <laughs> uh, he introduces her to his little dolphin family, which is a, a girl dolphin named Norberta, and then their little baby named Njord. And so she's met them previously. She goes swimming with Leo, and she's semi, she like summons Norberta and Njord to come and do like flips for her because she's feeling sad. And then she's like, hell yeah. Yeah. And then she goes and sees Adam again for even more dolphin times. Yes. Um, and he does um, in there too. She goes to give blood at the hospital for her grandfather. And that's where yeah. she meets a little girl who is sick, who has a, oh, she hasn't met her yet. She's just seen her. She sees her. Well, yes. She thinks she's dead. And she's in the emergency room and she's disgusted because, like, the emergency room is so busy that, like, the nurses are, like, ignoring most people and it doesn't seem right to her and she finds it very upsetting. 
Yeah, this book really, like, establishes an anti-hospital bias. And it's like, the hospital is, like, gross and bad, and it's much better for grandfather to just, like, die at home. And, like, I I don't want to, like, be, like, getting on hospital systems to be like, oh, everything is perfect. But, like, again, as an adult reading this, I'm like, well, the nurses there have to triage things, and there's a lot going on, and not everything can be, like, your country doctor dad, Vicky. Yeah. Um. We also get some backstory about Adam where we find out that Adam previously last summer had been in another book, not in this series, but in the Wrinkle in Time series, had been working on a project uh, where there, uh, like beautiful woman betrayed him and like someone died and he um, blames by himself the way, for that it. That was not in the Wrinkle in Time series. That was in a separate third series, the Polly O'Keefe series, which I also read. Anyway. And Zachary shows up in those, too. Oh, I didn't even realize. Yeah, like, Again, later on. My main takeaway from that was, like, this is some sick starfish shit. Like, this rules. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so John is, like, her, bro- her older brother is, like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe he's just, like, hesitant about girls because, you know, this woman, like, betrayed him. And now, like, he doesn't want to, like deal with any emotional entanglements this summer mm-hmm. just with the dolphins just his yeah. his emotional yeah. pair bond with basil i i find no fault with that <laughs> <laughs> okay they zach takes wait is this the one no there's this is so cyclical there's another like flying date with zach and then another um like uh, another trip to see the dolphins and vicky like can do mind control on Adam also, which is wild. Yeah. Because, like, when she wants the dolphins to do stuff, she just kind of, like, thinks, do a flip, and then they do a flip, and then she, like, thinks that Adam do a handstand, and then he does a handstand, but then he, like, realizes, and he gets mad about it, which is fair. But, like, she didn't super know what she was doing, at least. (laughs) Right. She was just like, well, let's try it, and then it was like, oh, no, it happened. (laughs) And they really do not address the full alarming potential of this at all. That should have been the next book. <laughs> going mad with yes. <laughs> also, um, she calls the dolphins to her and Adam keeps asking her to like ask like more complicated questions so that he can test to see if the mind control is really like mind controlly and how far it goes or the psychic connection is really psychic and how far it goes. So she asks something about like the future and Norberta, the female dolphin, like essentially explains nonlinear time to her in psychic dolphin speak. Yes, it rules. Which is wild. Fucking rules. Um, hey, bud. Then grandfather has to go to the hospital, or like, actually, grandfather's not even in the hospital. I think. I think Vicky is just going to get blood and bring it back. And this time, they actually meet the little girl that they saw before, and her name is Robin, but she goes by Binny. Binny's mom explains to this fucking stranger, like, well, you see, like, her father doesn't believe in science. We have to sneak to the hospital because she needs blood transfusions and he doesn't believe in medicine. So he keeps, like, flushing her pills on the toilet and we have to keep coming, getting more at the hospital. Anyway, bye. And just, like, drops the song and, like, a stranger is wild. 
And then, and then after Vicky leaves the hospital, she goes out to dinner with Jeb and Adam, and they like talk about dolphins and they talk about like really deep thoughts. And then later that night, Jeb gets hit by a motorcycle and has a skull fracture and ends up in this hospital, which is a horrible place, unlike unlike her grandfather's house. And so he's stuck in the hospital. And then Enid the dolphin stops eating and is really sad because of her psychic love for Jeb, and she knows he's in trouble, and she's like. No. She's a sad dolphin. Yeah. The next day, uh, Zach takes uh, Vicky on another flying date. And at this point, like, he's transitioned to he's allowed to fly, but the instructor is still, like, there using the, like, instructor controls as a backup if needed. In the past couple dates where this has happened, um, Zachary's been, like, doing really good flying and has been telling like he and Art have talked about how like he's going to get his pilot's license and he's such a good pilot and he could like fly professionally if he wants to, but he's obsessed with being a lawyer. But then on this particular time, he like dive bombs a jet and Vicky freaks out and then Art, the teacher, freaks out oh. and like stop, like grabs the controls and like gets them to safety and then like tells Zach, like, I'm never teaching you again. You're never going up in a plane again. You're not getting your license. And they're supposed to go out to dinner afterwards, but Vicky's like, I'm like so upset. Like, I don't want to be around you. Like you're this this is really wasn't right. And when they go to the dock so that Leo can take them back to the island, Leo's not there. And the guy who is at the dock with Leo is like, Oh yeah, uh Vicky, your grandfather had to be rushed to the hospital, and that's where Leo is. So she makes Zachary bring her to the hospital, but as soon as they get there, he like disappears. So she's alone in the emergency room and uh while she's waiting for news from her grandfather Benny's mom is there and she's passed out and says to leaves Benny with Vicky and is like oh after she has like a seizure she passes out and that's what happened like can you just sit with her while I go talk to the nurses and while like Vicky's holding Benny in her lap she has another seizure and then dies in Vicky's arms I couldn't believe I again zero memory of this. This made no impact on me as a kid because it wasn't a dolphin. But like, what the fuck? And like, Vicky legitimately has like a breakdown after this. So at yes. least there, it's like, oh, that's completely the response you would have to this horrifying thing happening. Yes. Yeah, she goes like fully catatonic. Like she's not responding to her father or like her anyone in her family who's trying to talk to her. And then finally Adam shows up because she psychically called him through their psychic mm -hmm. bond that they share like with dolphins. Mm -hmm. And he helps get her home. And then the next morning, like she wakes up and she can't, she's repressed what happened. And then it comes back to her and she's like back in her catatonic state. And oh, I can't fucking believe we didn't even talk about this. So as Earlier in the book, as Grandfather is getting, like, sicker and sicker, he has moments where he's, like, losing his lucidity, and he keeps thinking that she's her mother or she's her grandmother, 
And at one point when he sort of thinks she's her grandmother, he tells her, like, I don't trust that I'll be able to tell when it's time to go. So I need you to tell me, like, when I can let go and die. And she's like, I can't do that. I'm a 15-year-old girl, grandfather. And he's like, oh, right, you're Vicky. Well, just, like, tell your grandmother, who's dead, by the way, um, you know, and she'll help you tell me when, like, it's time to go. So she's been also carrying this, like, intense weight of having to decide decide when it's time to tell her grandfather to die. Mm Mm-hmm. And also another thing we didn't say is there's a nest of swallows at the house that the nest is too shallow and everyone in the family is obsessed with like the nest is too shallow and the baby birds are going to fall out and they keep talking about how like swallows are dumb and like last year all the swallows died but this year everyone's so on edge of like if these swallows die I'm going to fucking lose Mm -hmm. it which is like relatable. Yes. So, you know, she she's it's the next day after Binny dies in her arms and she's catatonic again. And her grandfather tells her, like, it's okay. Like, you're not it was too much of me to ask you to do that. Like, it's not your I'm absolving you of this. Like, you don't have Mm -hmm. to tell me when it's time to go. Like, I'll be able to do that. Like, I never should have asked it of you. And then Rob her baby brother tells her like the swallows flew, like we thought they were going to die, but like we went out this morning and they were all flying away from the nest. So like life goes on and she's still not like super responsive. So Adam shows up and takes her out to the dolphins and has to tell the whole family because the dolphin project, the psychic part has been a secret. Unsurprisingly (laughs) this whole time. There is Um, no grant funding for this. (laughs) (laughs) so he's like no like we have to go out into the ocean so that we can psychically call the dolphins together and that'll make this better and it does yep (laughs) and that's the end (laughs) the end of this incredible work of literature (laughs) i feel like gwyneth paltrow probably has like a, a a swimming with dolphins to heal your trauma like pool or something on sale on the group <laughs> website. Well, you know who does is Mariah Carey, who yeah. also can psychically yeah. communicate with dolphins. I trust her though. Yeah. <laughs> she deserves it. Right. I like uh, gen- genuinely because you guys had been talking about it being about like a a psych a girl psychically communicates with dolphins. I had been like, okay. And then, like, I I did genuinely find, like, a lot of this book and the kind of, like, exploration and discussion of trauma and how you move on and how you don't move on and how it affects people in different ways to be, like, very moving. And Oh, yeah. Like, very – I was not expecting it. Um, And again, like, was it the right time in my life to read this? We'll never know. But (laughs) it it (laughs) – feel very um like it was very thoughtful and like well paced i thought that it like mixed like the psychic adventures with dolphins with the like deep existential thoughts about death in the universe very well well and that's extremely madeline lengel shit i mean that's Mm -hmm. wrinkle in time that's all of them and i like again in retrospect even though I didn't remember the details, I do think Madeline Lengel's like 
the worldview that she puts in her book has been so formative to me. Like when mm-hmm. the shit that grandfather tells Vicky about how she needs to be a light bearer and like bring light to the world. I was just like, my grandfather. and also I was not close to either my grandfather. So n- n- any of my grandparents really like none of that relationship was like relatable to me, but like just the way, even though a lot of what he's telling her is just, is like, you know christian it didn't feel again it didn't feel preachy it just felt like really beautiful to me yeah Yeah. i feel like it's a very like emotionally validating book um like it doesn't try to pretend that like oh you just like have to like you know it's not like toxic positivity or something where it's just like just whatever forget the haters ignore the bad things it's it very much calls you to like acknowledge the terrible things, both on a very personal level and on a universal level. But it also emphasizes that you you also need to acknowledge the good things and the the joys and the love and the relationships and like both are valid. Um, which I like I find found really appealing as a young reader. Um, for some reason, I don't know. Huh. I was like, yeah, man, tell me more about trauma. Um, <laughs> But I, I feel like, yeah, like going back to this as an adult, again, there was a lot of stuff in terms of like the relationships I found deeply questionable. Um, but the, the approach to grief and love and the universe, um, I feel like that still really rings true to me. Yeah, this was good. This is a good pick. Thanks, Annie. Oh, thank, thanks for diving into um, psychic dolphins and uh, trauma diving in yes i I put in my swimsuit i dove right in i flushed around psychically called basil to come and do some flips with me yeah i meditated on margarita pizza (laughs) i mean i really have to make like a terrible photoshop of a dolphin like jumping over a pizza now (laughs) i guess yes all right well let's show you move on to some dramatic readings yeah, let's do that. So the first dramatic reading is um, from Zach and Vicky's horse date, and I'll be Zach and Kate will be Vicky. He wheeled his horse so that he was looking straight at me. Vicky, I need you. I knew I needed you when I came to this godforsaken spot looking for you. And then things just got the better of me, and I wanted out. And now I don't. I want back in. But I need help. I'm not a psychiatrist. I started walking Daphne back towards the stables. I've been seeing a shrink. That's not what I need. I need you. I think I need you in the setting of your whole peculiar family. We're not peculiar. Oh, yes, you are. Don't you realize that in my world, my parents were peculiar because they'd never been divorced? Basically because it would have been too much trouble. But you live in a world where not only are your parents not divorced, they appear to love each other. They do. And you do things like going to church and saying grace and zuggy stuff like that. I don't know anybody else in the world who does that. And the weird thing is that in in spite of it all, you're real. He gave me his fullest Hamlet look and reached out and gently touched the back of my hand with his forefinger, a tender caress which sent ripples all through me. And you, you're such a mixture of being much older than you are and much, much younger. Well, 
How long are you going to be on the island? As long as I can stand that fourth-rate hotel. We like the inn. Sorry. As long as you'll put up with me is a better answer. And truer. I felt like asking, along with Pontius Pilate, what is truth? But I just posted it gently as the horses trotted along the bridle path. When we got back to Grandfather's, I didn't ask Zachary in. I thanked him for the ride and held out my hand. He gave me a funny look, but there was pleading in his eyes that really got to me. Vicky, you don't know. What? Your sanity in an insane world. Your reason where there isn't any reason. Reason to live. I need... Oh, Vicky-o, I'm so damned confused. Zachary, confused. Vicky's the one that's got to be confused. Vicky, my old lady... I need you. You don't know how much I need you. Gross. What a gross. She's 15, dude. She is 15. And it's like, even if you were like 16, I'm like, dude, that's too much. Like, you need to step back with that. Yeah, but like, if it was a 16 year old saying it to a 15 year old, I'd be like, yeah, dramatic teenager saying it to someone his own age. True. Like, oh, it's just... yeah. Oh, yeah. At 20, it's terrible. <sighs> but speaking of terrible old people who are too old for a 15 year old, mm-hmm. um, for the next dramatic reading, Kate will be Adam and Annie will be Vicky. Tell them you want to ask them some serious questions. What should I ask? What would be serious to both the dolphins and to me and to Adam? Dearest Noberta and Yord. Do you live in the now, or do you project into the future the way I do, far too often? I felt a gentle puzzlement coming from Yord. Maybe he's too young to understand about the future. When Rob was a baby, everything was now for him. Now embraced both yesterday and tomorrow. Norberta? Again, I felt puzzlement. Not puzzlement about her understanding, but my own. Norberta wasn't sure I'd be able to understand. Try me. I rolled over onto my back and floated, and Norberta moved her great body toward me until we were touching, and I was pressed against the beautiful resiliency of dolphin skin, and a whole series of pictures came flashing across the back of my eyes in the dream part of my head. The ocean. Rain. A rainbow glittering with rain. Snow falling in great white blossoms to disappear as it touched the sea. And then the snow turned to stars. Stars in the daytime, drenched in sunlight, becoming sunlight. And the sunlight was the swirling movement of the galaxy. And the ocean caught the light and was part of the galaxy. And the stars of the galaxies lifted butterfly wings and flew together, dancing. And then Norberta, and Njord, with Njord echoing her, began making strange sounds, singing sounds, like the, uh, like the Alleluia sounds Basil had made. And they did something to my understanding of time, so that I saw it was quite different from the one-way road, which was all I knew. Norberta was right. There was, uh, there was much she understood that was beyond anything I'd ever dreamed of. She and Yord uh, slapped the water with their flukes in farewell and vanished over the horizon. I rolled over and began to tread water. What did you ask them? About time. Adam, their time in hours is completely different. How? Norberta tried to tell me, but it was in a language I didn't know, and it translated itself into images, not words. Hold, and try to tell me what she told you. I held his hands tightly, kept moving my legs slowly. 
closed my eyes, imagined again what Norberta had imaged me. I heard Adam sigh and opened my eyes. Nonlinear time. She was trying to tell you about nonlinear time. She was describing those dolphin folders. <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially when she had the butterfly wings. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. The dolphins in the ocean, but actually it's the galaxy. Oh my God. And also there's snow and light and sunlight. That's the future liberals want. I mean, right. <laughs> None of that is a lie. <laughs> All right. And the next, our last dramatic reading is actually from the Q&A with the author that's the at the end of my edition because there's a few cues that were so funny to me. I just really wanted to share them. Um, and so for this, I will be the question asker and Annie will be um, Ms. Lengel herself. What did you want to be when you grew up? A writer. When did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Right away. As soon as I was able to articulate, I knew I wanted to be a writer, and I read. I adored Emily of New Moon and some of the other L.M. Montgomery books, and they impelled me um, because I love them. What was the first writing you had published? Uh, when I was a child, a poem in Child Life. It was all about a lonely house and was very sentimental. What is the best advice you've ever received about writing? To just write. What is your favorite childhood memory? One early memory I have is going down to Florida for a couple of weeks in the summertime to visit my grandmother. The house was in the middle of a swamp surrounded by alligators. I don't like alligators, but there they were, and I was afraid of them. What was your first job? Working for the actress Ava La Gallienne right after college. What is your idea of the best meal ever? <laughs> okay, I'm going to compose myself. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Okay. Nope. This is the correct response. <laughs> Cream of wheat. I eat it. With, I eat it with a spoon. I love it with butter and brown sugar. Also, how else would you eat cream of wheat except with a spoon, right? Uh, I, it's not I, like I eat Nutella with a spoon, like. You know, I, I guess you're supposed to spread Nutella on things, but, you know, you're like, oh, but I just, like, grab a spoon and have the jar. Like, cream of wheat, you're uh, supposed to eat it with a spoon. Cream anyway. of wheat. I, well, I used to sip it through a plastic straw, but then I learned how bad it was for the environment. <laughs> so you got a reusable straw. <laughs> oh. oh, Madeline, there's so many other foods. <laughs> anyway. Now the real heart of the heart of the matter. Which do you like better, cats or dogs? I like them both. I once had a wonderful dog named Touche. She was a silver medium-sized poodle and quite beautiful. I wasn't allowed to take her on the subway and I couldn't afford to get a taxi. So I put her around my neck like a stole and she <laughs> pretended she was a stole. She was an actor. What do you value most in your friends? Love. Which of your characters is most like you? None of them. They're wiser than I am. Yeah, because none of them would say cream of wheat is the best meal. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh <my God. sighs> All right. Well, I thank you for joining me in that Q&A. That, I'm really glad to share that. I feel like there was like some editor 
who could have said, no, let's strike the cream of wheat question. <laughs> and she was like, no, keep it in there. I want the world to know how bonkers this lady is. I know. And if it were from a different era, I'd be like, oh, Madeline got some cream of, cream of wheat spawn con. But I feel <laughs> like this is from the heart. Right. Yeah. And this was the 80s. So yeah. like it, it could have been like Nesquik or something or like Fruit Loops. I know good food existed in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. It could have been like a like a oh god they were just talking about it and um maintenance phase that that ice cream cake that was so fancy like oh, Vienna um, yeah uh, yes what was th- what was it though I don't think it was Vienna it was, it was like something Vienna like that or something Vienna oh yes. I can like like hear the commercial where they like cut it oh yeah that seemed like it was gonna be so great yeah so fancy. I feel like this is a good, I feel like I'm just going to do things a little out of order and let's do a quick candy pairing since we're talking yeah. about cream of wheat and that's not a candy. You know, I'm, I'm going to say that for me, this is like a, like a fancy trail mix where like the psychic dolphin talk is the M&Ms and it's like obviously the best mm. part, but then um, you know, it's it this isn't it's not like peanuts, you know, it's like almonds and it's like all um, you know, the best uh, like dried cherries, you know, it's not like peanuts and raisins trash. It's like good trail mix and so the non-dolphin parts are still like generally pretty good and they're giving me like the the spiritual energy I need to get through my hike like mm-hmm. an almond would. Um and so I'm going to go with with a a good delicious trail mix. I think I can go with a like the 90% dark chocolate where mm-hmm. like it's there's barely any sweetness in it. Um, there's that little bit that like you're like, oh, I'm real here for this. But then like you see it and you're like, oh, it's chocolate. That's that's what chocolate tastes like. And then you eat it and you're like, wow, this is a lot. And I personally love it. But I feel like I can understand where it might not be everybody's thing to have this much intensity in a, a small bite of what you would think of as chocolate. I'd go with saltwater taffy, which is a very classic, a very varied sweet uh, that does like feel like summer, but also makes you a little wistful. All right. Well, now it's time for Reader's Advisory, where we'll suggest some books to read instead of or in addition to A Ring of Endless Light. And again, like I think this book... Except for the boyfriends all being way too old. <laughs> I think it holds up. I think it's yeah. good. Yeah. If you want a agree. newer book about being sad by the ocean, I would really recommend The Thing About Jellyfish by Allie Benjamin. Even though jellyfish are inferior to dolphins. Sure. And I think we all know this. <laughs> they were. It was really interesting to read about. Like as someone who cares more about dolphins than does about jellyfish i actually really enjoyed the the jellyfish science included in that one as well yeah it was interesting just you know in in my tier of aquatic life it drops on really sharply below dolphins and whales legit i would suggest the mighty heart of sunny saint james uh, Mm. by ashley herring blake which is another summer seaside uh very poignant story and also also interestingly um heart problems are a plot point which that is one of the things with uh zachary is that he's always had heart problems and that is what was exacerbated when he 
uh, tried to drown himself. Yeah. Um, Annie, what would you recommend? Um, so I had a, a few different recommendations. Um, yeah, go for it. We have, we have time. Oh, cool. Um, if you want more magical coming of age stories centered around the grandparents' death, read When You Trap a Tiger by uh, Ty Kelly, who, or Keller. Yes. It won, I believe, the Newbury a few years ago. It was fantastic. So good. Um, if you want more about dealing with trauma and complicated family histories and also beautiful, quiet writing, um, try We Are Okay by Nina LaCour, which is like one of my very, very favorites in general. Oh, so good. Yes. It's so yes. good. Yes. I like finished it on an airplane and was like, I mm. need to turn to the person next to me and be like, hi, you should read this book. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am socially awkward, so I did not do that. But you but you psychically <laughs> sent it out. I did, yeah. <laughs> Somewhere there's a dolphin who has read <laughs> We Are Okay. <laughs> Um, if you want more about summertime coming of age uh, with a background of loss, try This One Summer by Mariko Tamaki and Jillian Tamaki. Um, oh, that's such wanna... a good oh, match I, for this one. I, yes. I love that. Yes. Again, like these yes. are all books that I'm just like, oh, give me that like real sadness um, mixed yes. with hope and joy. And then if you want a couple of poems about hope and love in the face of tragedy, try um, Try to Praise the Mutilated World by Adam Zagajewski and Good Bones by Maggie Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, And she's also on um, another podcast, uh, Depression Mode, um, just recently um, talking about Good Bones and um, depression and all sorts of fun things. Yes, those are all such good picks. And uh, we will have all of these and some other ones up on our website, worstbestsellers.com. And also, if you are interested in psychic connections with dolphins, I would, of course, always also suggest the Animorph series by Kay Mm. Applegate. Good one. And... uh, I also, of course, do want to give a shout out to that video of Mariah Carey singing to a dolphin, <laughs> which I will link to. Ah, top tier. Quality content. Uh, we're going to play a, a quick round of kissing, marrying, and killing, which is, of course, a tribute to Bill O'Reilly's killing books. And we will be playing this with the three love interests of Vicky, Adam, Zach, and Leo. And this, I do feel like this is pretty easy. We're we're killing Zach, right? Like, we're killing yes. him, and he's rich. Maybe we'll get some of his money. Maybe he'll leave it to a good cause. I don't know. We're killing him. I personally, beyond that, I would go with kissing Leo, because I, I don't care to kiss either of these other boys, And marrying Adam, because I feel like Adam has the most potential for, like, a long-term relationship. Adam's going to bring you to the dolphin. Right. Like, that alone gets you the ring, man. Yes. It's a ring of endless light. We have to end the podcast right now. It's all going to be downhill from that. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that exactly all of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, okay. And now we're back because uh, we do have to play the rock, paper, snicked where Kate will say who Dwayne, the rock Johnson would be if you were in this book. And I'll say who Wolverine would be if you were in this book. And Annie can choose which most enhances the book, or she can choose paper, which is to leave it as is. All right. Uh, if Dwayne, the rock Johnson were in this book, he would be the pilot who is flying the jet that Zach almost 
like buzzes in order to freak Vicky out and, you know, loses his potential future pilot's license and gets kicked out of flight school. And he would have a much bigger part. We'd get like some scenes of him, like seeing the plane, like coming at him and like what he does to like keep everyone calm. And, you know, some inner monologue about like the fear of like, oh no, like there's going to be a crash and there's nothing I can do to stop it. And terrible things are going to happen. Um, and then once they're on the ground, he would definitely march over to Zachary and give him a stern, but compassionate talking to uh, about what he had just done. And because he's the rock, he would, of course, like finally maybe shake some sense into Zachary. He would be much more apologetic towards Vicky and much more understanding of her fear. Uh, and, you know, those those with the rocks words fresh in his mind, he'd maybe be less likely to abandon Vicky at the hospital to leave her to have a child die in her arms all by herself. Hmm. Well, speaking of, if Wolverine were in this book, he would donate his healing factor blood to Binny for her blood transfusion um, so that it would cure whatever ailment she had and then she wouldn't die in Vicky's lap. He would also, since he's around, he would offer this blood to Grandfather, but Grandfather would decline it out of respect for the natural order. Uh, Wolverine also can psychically communicate with dolphins, but he doesn't want to tell Adam about it. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, in comics, I don't remember what issue it is, but there's one that establishes canonically that Wolverine can psychically communicate with elephants for some reason. I'm fucking obsessed with it. So I do feel like it's not a leap at all that he can also. I know you'd think it would be Wolverine's. There's elephants and dolphins, <laughs> I say. <laughs> well, and then hippos went into the ocean. Became dolphins. Yes. It's all right yes. there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> These are fantastic. As much as I do love the rock, like talking sense into Zachary, because that's like, I, I love that, like, that really firm, but still loving approach. I think I'm going to have to go with Wolverine because I love using the the healing factor blood. I think that's a real good pull. And also that Wolverine is just chatting it up with dolphins. (laughs) And Adam has no idea. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Wolverine does not trust the government. So (laughs) this is going to be like in a peer reviewed article. No way am I going to tell you about stuff. Yeah. This is between me and Basil. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) We're going to get some pizza. Later, losers. I'm going to eat it off my claws. (laughs) (laughs) And just throw pieces into his mouth. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. This is everything to me. Um, What do we think the moral of the story is? My moral is that Wolverine can talk to dolphins, but chooses not to. I mean, can talk to dolphins, but chooses not to tell anyone about it. <laughs> I mean, that nails it. Um, uh, my moral is to remember the half your age plus seven rule when uh, pursuing ew. potential romantic partners. Ew. Yeah. My moral of the story is the wave returns to the ocean. Um, and seriously, don't try this with dolphins. Um, like, they, 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 they can mess you up. <laughs> I want to though <laughs> all right um Dorothy's been chiming in but it is time for Dorothy's corner and we'll just let him get the rest of this out of his system now and just see what my cat Dorothy has to say about this book 
Duarte, you're completely right that when I introduced the Austin family, I did completely forget to introduce their pets, which is a dog named Mr. Rochester. And they do have a cat. And the cat's it's, name just left my mind. I think, is it Ned? Yes, I'm it's Ned. Yes. Okay. Ned. Yes. And you know, Ned really should have been in it more. You're right. Because he doesn't have a very big presence. But uh, Ned, I think, is a good name for a cat. I like it when cats have human names. And, you know, maybe there should be a sequel where Vicky tries to psychically communicate with cats. Yeah, I think that that's a really good idea for, uh, you know, what comes next logically. Yeah. You know, if, if she's communicating with dolphins who are, you know, supposedly such a smart species, clearly she'd want to do cats next who are clearly the smartest species. Clearly. Uh, so I think there's really, I think there's a lot of grant money in that for Adam. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Duarte, thanks as ever for joining us throughout this episode. Uh, do any humans have any closing thoughts? Uh, just that this was really good. Uh, you know, again, like, I'm glad that I read it. I would recommend that if you haven't read it, you know, I think it's worth checking it out. I hadn't read any of the other Austin family books, despite my previous assertion that uh i would like to read series books in order obviously that has kind of fallen by the wayside with my adulthood and this podcast uh but i don't think you need to have any background of them it was really it was really good it was really worth it the audio and also ebooks you know are available at a lot of boston area libraries so check it out i mean and if you live other places they're probably also available at your library but you know yeah, I feel like these are the kind of books that are like, you know, generally a- around and kind of like classics for like a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. This summer I might go back and read the the early Austin family books, which I never did as a kid. Um, my other closing thought is, is if any dolphins are listening, please reach me psychically. I do, I do <laughs> want to be friends with you. <laughs> I think my closing thought is that dolphins are probably communicating with Duarte right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's probably what he was trying to sell us earlier. I bet. (laughs) All right. Well, if you are a dolphin and you're on social media, you can come find us. If you're a human, also this will work, but especially if you're a dolphin, please come find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram at worst bestsellers spelled normally. And at Twitter, we're at Worst Bestseller with no S at the end. Um, because the S was lost trying to um, rescue Zach from his shipwreck. It, it just like fell into the ocean and, and we couldn't get it back. Um, but it, it died nobly. R.I.P. S. Uh, we also have a Goodreads group that is best access by going to WorstBestsellers.com and clicking on the Goodreads link. We're on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all the places where you can find podcasts, you can find us there. And when you do find us, please take a moment to rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for new people to find us. Uh, If you don't rate and review us, then we might have to have Zachary dive bomb you with uh, his plane, (laughs) which is just not a good idea overall. Uh, It'll make art mad and, you know, (laughs) could be a potential hazard for other people who are flying. Gary.
We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like uh, pay for our web hosting and buy new equipment and all sorts of things that come from running a podcast. In return, there are perks for you, such as a monthly newsletter, uh, postcards and stickers in the mail, and all sorts of things like that. And uh, we've got merch available, which you can find by going to worstbestsellers.com, where we have a link to our merch, where there's all I'm, sorts of things from our podcast to wear on your body. I'm literally wearing this Cakes and Cakes hoodie right now. Oh, oh my goodness. Um, I love it's it. It's so comfy. I love it so much. Um, and I get no profits from this. So you have to <laughs> yes. go buy this. Yes. <laughs> And and I like to wear it while I eat my cream of wheat, TMTM. TM. <laughs> so, so, is, is it steaks and cakes and cream of wheat? <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Yep. And uh, finally, we do have a Discord server that you can find by going to our website, and there's a link to it on there. And you can meet all sorts of other folks who are fans of the podcast to chat about basically whatever passes through your mind. Yeah, share share your best cream of wheat recipes. <laughs> In yum, the yum. Steaks and Cakes channel. Yeah. Oh, boy. Finally, if you want to just talk to me personally, because you have secrets you don't want Kate to know, um, but you do want all of Twitter to know, I'm at Renata Snacks. <laughs> and uh, I'm not on Twitter, so I really wouldn't see them if you just added Renata Snacks on Twitter. But I am on Instagram and some other platforms at 14 across. And Annie, where can people find you? Um, I'm on like general social medias as Annie Cardi. Um, so if you search for for me there, you can you're in the general internets. That's where you'll find me. Um, I also have a newsletter um, called Care Package, where every month I send out like nice things, um, just like here's some some books that are feeling good and movies and maybe like go for a walk or something. Um, so yeah, if you want some coziness in your life, um, sign up for that. I do endorse that newsletter. Thank I'm you. also not getting paid for that, but Yay, <laughs> it is very you. good. And it's very comforting. Yay. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and Annie's dog has an Instagram also. Oh, which, totally. Yes. Yeah. Follow Bodo the dog. He has never communicated with a dolphin because he's a bit of a dum-dum. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he is beautiful. So <laughs> he's got that going for him. <sighs> All right. Well, Annie, thanks so much for joining us and for bringing the psychic dolphins to us. Yeah, this is delightful. Thank you all. Um, and flashback summer will continue in two weeks. We'll be back. And you, you may recall that last summer I did pledge that I would read one single goosebump. I've never read any goosebumps books before. I'm going to read one goosebump. It will be night of the living dummy by RL Stein. And uh, that's what's up next. Unless I am so scared, I die from it. <laughs> well, and then Kate can still talk about it. I just I won't be here. <laughs> uh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
And this is sort of a weird... Duarte, stop this. Duarte, not everything is for Duarte. 